<laughs> All right. Um, tonight we're going to the gospel according to Mark chapter number two. <clears throat> All right. This is our last Bible study before we celebrate the birthday of Christ Jesus. Amen. Can we celebrate it right now? Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, indeed. So, so before, before the foundation of the earth, the lamb was slain, meaning God had already set everything up and processed everything and played the movie before he began to create. So before God created the heavens and the earth, he had already designed a plan where he would send his son so that he could bring forgiveness to the earth realm once and for all. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. You know, the, the issue becomes it's hard for the believers to release forgiveness if you don't believe that you are forgiven. And sometimes you act like you're forgiven, and other times you don't. And the, 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 when you know that you didn't forgive you, that God forgave you, and if God forgave you, he'll, let, he'll catch everybody else up to forgiving you too. But we sometimes allow people to make us feel bad, take on guilt based on something that we've done. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of our God. All. Not some. All have sinned and fallen. The good news is that you got back up. The better news is that he raised you up. <laughs> Therefore, it doesn't matter what they say. It matter what God said. So then, if it matters what God says, we should spend more time hearing what God says than what people say. Because if you're listening to more news, I like, to, I like to watch with my parents. Mess, I like to mess with my parents because they like to watch the news. They're, they're liars. The news are liars. <laughs> the paper liars. I'm going to get in trouble when I get home. <laughs> the paper liars. But, 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 but the good news is, you know, um, the good news is they understand that I, I'm saying it over and over because I want them to be happier. Because bad news brings you down. If you listen to the wrong thing for too long, it will mess up your belief system. 
It's a trick. It's a strategy of the enemy. Media is distortion to faith. Let me say that again. The media is distortion to faith. You watch too much of it, you'll start believing in the world more than you believe in the word. Amen? Ah, I got a word for you tonight. Amen. <laughs> All right. Um, let, let's read our theme scripture together. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be. Amen. Say, I'm forgiven. All right. You may be seated. Um, our we're going to study tonight from Mark chapter number 2, verse number 1 through 12. Um, this, this same story is recorded in Matthew chapter 9, verse 1 through 8, and Luke chapter 5, verse 15 through 26. But <clears throat> being that Mark is the first gospel, Although Matthew is listed first, Mark was recorded first. But due to probably the genealogy of how Matthew writes his story, they listed it first. However, it was not recorded first. Okay? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to read all 12 verses, and then we'll talk as the Spirit leads. And again... Mark chapter 2, verse number 1. Okay. Okay, our video technician is in place. <laughs> Sound technician as well. Amen. Let's bless God for it. <laughs> Amen. All right. And again... He entered uh, Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no room, no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then he came to him saying, then, then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Notice when he saw their faith, he spoke forgiveness. Wasn't that something? <clears throat> and some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their heart. Why does 
this man speak blasphemy like this. Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, in other words, Jesus knew what they were talk, thinking about. Why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sin are forgiven you or say or to say arise take up your bed and walk but that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins he said to the paralytic I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately, he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that they were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Amen. Ooh-wee, a message just hit my spirit when they said we never saw anything like this. That message is coming in 2019. But I want you to look back at verse number five. Let's read it together. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. I want to talk to you and use this topic. Faith produces forgiveness. Faith produces forgiveness. Faith produces forgiveness. You have to see in the text, and that's why I believe all three um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, known as the Synoptic Gospel, they all record this story. They don't all tell it the same way, but they all mention how faith produces forgiveness. I, I've been teaching for the last few weeks, indicating to, to, us, to us all that forgiveness is not up to you. As a matter of fact, it is not even you doing it, but it's Christ working through you. It is already in you to forgive because you already have his spirit. But it's you that get in the way because sometimes we think that people don't deserve to be forgiven. And the reason why 
is because you haven't truly embraced forgiveness. Because when you embrace forgiveness, you know that God loves you so much that he hasn't even told everybody your stuff. Now, you know God has to love you that he didn't show your movie. <laughs> because truly, if our movie was on the screen and we came in on Sunday and we saw the trailer, we'd be out of here. <laughs> Isn't God good? God knew that that would not produce faith. And he knew that he's the only one that can produce faith. And faith is really attached to your belief system because you can really have faith in anything. And sometimes we put more faith in other things than we put in God. Mm -hmm. But faith in God produces forgiveness. And truly, when you truly believe that it's God himself who forgave you, then you can forgive others no matter what they do. Because it's really not you. But until you embrace all of his forgiveness, then you won't be able to release the forgiveness that he has called you to release. You won't see that forgiving is an opportunity that God has trusted you with that he may be able to show his power through your messed up situation. Anybody in here ready to be used by God? So you can, listen, so he can be revealed through your turmoil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got excited about being used by God. But when the turmoil comes up, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Good news, good news, good news. Some turmoil will have you stagnant, hit so hard, you don't want to do nothing. Sometimes you get some bad news or some, some, something happens and you don't even want to come to church. Because you will be ready to be mad at God. At what's going on. That you don't even want to hear the very thing that's going to set you free. Can I talk to some folks who have been paralyzed before? In this particular story, it starts off and it describes that Jesus had entered a place and he goes and the people Gather in a house. Excuse me. Why were they gathering in the house? The Bible says 
Verse number one. Okay. So it was heard that who was in the house? The reason why you keep coming back here is because the spirit of the Lord is where? In the house. <laughs> and if he wasn't here, the good news is when you showed up, he was here then. Because he's in you. I want just one testimony from anybody that Jesus is in the house. See, you didn't know you got to be prepared always. How many of you have, how many of you have a testimony where you know the Jesus is in the house? I want one of you bold enough to stand up and share a testimony that Jesus is in the house. I'm leaving.
Amen. Woo. God is good. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Are the 67th, you are the living epistle. You are the example of Christ, that Christ is flowing through each one of you. Each one of you is flowing Christ, which brings us to each one of us. Because as you are flowing in you, because he is in you, it brings us into a oneness of God. The 67th chapter of the Bible. They may not read this, but they will read your life. And if you're glorifying God, the word will change their life. Oh, goodness. How many of you are ready to bring faith? <laughs> so Jesus shows up in Capernaum and he goes to the house and people heard that Jesus is in the house. These testimonies that are going for, you're going to have to let people know that Jesus is in the house. And when they look at how on fire you are, the house will get filled. Because the next verse said immediately, verse 2, go ahead, Harold. Oh, wait a minute. Immediately. Many gathered because they heard that Jesus was in the house. Don't talk about your problem. Talk about Jesus being in the house. And if Jesus is in the house, all your stuff will be taken care of. It is, it is something to know that the spirit of God is in the house when the people gather together. And we then, we make excuses for not being here. Not you. I'm talking about the ones that don't show up. (laughs) But even them, when they hear, 
You know how somebody missed church and, and then they ask you, how was it? And you tell them Jesus was in the house and you on fire and they, you listen, they can't even see you. You on the telephone and they can feel the fire. Then they come the next week because of what's being talked about. When you talk about Jesus, you bring people to the house. When you talk about trouble, you'll keep them away from the house. What are you talking about? If you start talking about Jesus, you will fill the house. Go ahead here. And he said, he said, because Jesus was in the house, many, many came in and was no more room. And Jesus began to preach. You know, it's something, because I hear people sometimes say, oh, yeah, that brother, oh, he preached. Boy, he, he, oh, he can preach like Jesus. I'm going to tell you something, can't nobody preach like Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the preacher. And so it wasn't like he was preaching like Jesus. Jesus was preaching through him. And when Jesus starts preaching through somebody, it changes everything. Verse 3. And he preached the word. Now, wait a minute. The word was going forward. And then the Bible says, then. It wasn't until the word was being preached. Let's look at what happened then. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic, a man who was in need of help. Let me share something with you. When people are full of sin, They need help. They don't need to be hurt any further. We have to embrace people who have messed up. Why? Because we have a good reference point. You wanted to be embraced when you messed up. And when the people, listen, when the word of God is going forward, God will send people out to bring the hurting in. The question is, are you ready to be sent out for you to bring the hurting ones in? It is not you to go out and talk about the hurting ones. Let me give you an illustration of people who are in need of help. If they are doing something wrong to you, if they are talking about you, if they are plotting against you, those are the ones God has assigned for your life that need help. Now go ahead and say, help me, Lord. Because what happens is when we begin to get hurt by what somebody else does or says or anything, we don't want to help them because we take offense. That's great. We don't have time to get into that, but we'll get to it. So Jesus is preaching and Four men say that there's a man 
who can't move because of all the sin that's got them strapped down. Four radical brothers got together and said, you need help. If I can imagine being the paralytic stuck in the same place with no hope because all he's seeing is people walking by. Sometimes you could get stuck and when you get stuck and you see other people flourishing because you're stuck in your situation, you start looking and getting angry and mad at your situation that your situation holds you in bondage and you need help and God will send somebody to help you. He sent four radical brothers. The reason why I say they're radical, they were desperate to help somebody. See, it's one thing for you to be desperate for to get help. It's a whole nother level of faith to be desperate to help somebody. I want to talk to you about the true call that's on your life. God has chosen you to help the ones who are hurting. Not, listen, not to talk about them because they're talking about you. That's hurt unto hurt. But we're to bring help to the hurt. If help gets to the hurt, then the hurt don't hurt no more because help will lift them up. Four men, four, four men, one for each corner of the man. See, God is so awesome. He said, I'll send help for you that you can't escape. And so the men were so radical because Jesus was in the house. They said, let's just get him to the place where he can hear the word. So they brought the man. Can you imagine? One had his foot, one had the other foot. And the other one each had an arm, and they brought the man to the house. The reason why I know he was radical, they were four radical men, because you know how you get to the house, and it don't look the way you think it should look? The praise team is singing too long. They didn't sing your song. The usher wasn't smiling at me. They're mean. And things turn you away from the church. And, and I even heard people get turned away from the church because somebody that's a sinner came to church. And they were so focused on the sin that they couldn't hear the word. But when you're full of the word, you get to the house that you're so radical about knowing the word of God changes your life. That they got to the house and there was no room. They couldn't even get in. The word is being preached and they couldn't get in. Now, I would have believed, you know, you sure? Oh, the church is just too packed today. Maybe this word is here, because one day, if you show up late, you might not have no room. Yeah, I'm speaking from a prophetic realm right now. But, but, but when, when they got to the house, the Bible said 
that there was no room for them to come in and get the word. They said, all right, if we can't get to the door, where the window's at? Huh? I'm getting in here some way, somehow, because I know when the word goes forth, it brings change. I believe that faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith coming by hearing and hearing the word of God. The more words you hear, the more your faith is built up, the more you believe God, the more you believe God, the more you can receive from God. When your faith gets built up, these radical brothers had to have the word because they couldn't get through the window. So back in those days, the houses, they had stairways that went up the side of the house. Bible said they went up the stair. Said we getting in. Because we're going to get this man in the presence of the Lord. How many of you know what it feels like to be in the presence of God? How many of you know you got changed when you got in the presence of God? God didn't name this building. So that people could say it's the building. God named this building this so that you can understand his presence makes the difference in your life. These brothers said, oh, no, we can't leave you stuck in your sin that has you paralyzed. When the word has come to forgive sin. They go up the side of the road. Man, way to the room. You, you, you know what gets me? Is that they probably strategized, the Holy Spirit led them, that they tore a hole in the roof right where Jesus was. Because the Bible said the, they got a hole and they came down. They lowered them to the ground. Jesus is preaching. Do you know if your faith becomes so radical, Jesus will pause to look at your faith. Verse number five. Can you put it on the board? Read for here while he's getting up there. When they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, uh-huh. they down the bed on, on the When they had what? Let down the bed. Uh-huh. But first they what? What is in your way that you need to break through to get closer to Jesus? Verse number five. Now, Jesus wasn't looking at the paralytic. He was looking at the ones who brought him in. I got to pause right there and say, who you going to bring in? Because somebody is laying on a mat. I don't know what their mat looks like, but God will show you a mat. And if you can get them to the house, their mat might be a stripper pole. huh? Their mat might be a crack house. Their mat might be liquor. 
There might, might be some secret sin on the Internet. I don't know what the mat is, but if God has showed you them, surely you can bleed for them. And if you can't bring them physically, can you bring a prayer in for them that you could get down before the Lord and take their mat before the Lord and let God see your faith and send healing to the one who needs healing? Ooh, there's some good stuff right here. Ah. So, so let me pause for a minute because in order for you to see the needs of others, you got to go through some stuff yourself. Ah. Because if you don't go through it, it's hard for you to recognize it. So I don't want you to feel all messed up because of what you had to go through. God allowed it to happen so that he could give you a reference point that he's going to use you to deliver others from the pain that tried to destroy you. Oh, isn't that good? Verse 6. And some of the scribes was sitting there. Okay, well, let me tell you this. Some people come to church All right. so they can mock God. Everybody don't come to church for deliverance. Some people come to church to call, raise hell. But that don't matter. They could come in one way. But the word will bring them out a whole other way. Let me tell you something about the word. The word will either change you or run you out of here. So we don't have to worry about what Satan is doing. Because Satan don't have no power over the power that's in you. Verse 7. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Uh Who can forgive sin but God alone? Okay. Keep going. Immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed, and walk? So Jesus knows the thoughts. And let's just tell the truth. Sometimes we don't think right. See, if the church would tell the truth, you could be set free. The word says the truth just set you free. The church got to quit acting so holy. That's why people won't come to church because they don't even think they got a place here. Because we won't be truthful and honest. Every one of us got one foot that will wobble and the other foot's on a banana peel. And if God take his hand off of you, you're going down. So it wasn't that you were so good that held you up. It was that God is so good that he held you up. And so the only reason why you weren't the one that failed, like the one that failed, failed, and became a paralytic is because God's hand was on you. There's only one difference. Now, God, can God use you? 
so you can be that 67 verse in the Bible. Now, let's see, which is easier for you to say? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or take up your mat and walk. Now, Jesus does not even deal with the healing until forgiveness is established. What am I saying? If we don't master and understand the power of forgiving, how, we still talk about, oh, so-and-so, did you know they did this wrong? How come we can't put a reference to that? God raised them up even when they were down. Instead of talking about what went wrong, Jesus deals with the mindset. Which one would you rather say? Why are you reasoning like that? Oh, only God could heal. And, and we limit God. Oh, well, shoot, that sin is too big. Oh, they go into hell. That's blasphemy. Only God knows. God brought us to preserve this, this earth, to be the salt. If somebody is in a dead state, help them. He says, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or take up this bed and walk? Let's go here. said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Immediately, he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we want to rise up and take our bed up and walk before we receive the forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And so we want to go and hurry up and do instead of let Jesus do you. And so Jesus says, what's easier? And then he deals with first things first. Let me let you know that all the thoughts that have you paralyzed from doing what I've called you to do, you could quit disqualifying yourself, <laughs> saying because I would went through this and I went through that and quit disqualifying others because you went through it I can use you greater because that person hurt you so bad I can heal you so good see God, God has a system in place and he says all of this cometh by faith Faith in God. How many of you have faith in God? For what? What do you believe God for? Everything. So why, if we believe him for everything, why don't we thank him for everything? See, I wanted to just get the answer out. See, we won't do this. God, thank you for this trouble. Why not? 
because you're stuck with a, a warped sense of belief because you are not taking in enough word. You quote the scripture, all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. But when some stuff start working that you don't like, you forget the scripture and start, listen, this is what we do. I, I, I know we got to go home, but I, I really got to get this out. Can, can I get it out? This is what we do. And all things where we forget the scripture, like the, the word's not true. And then we start applying the world system to what you're in. Well, this is going to be the result of that. But how can you know that God is who he is and believe him and then put your thoughts in it? Somebody mess up. Oh, I knew. No, how, how about this? Well, God's got to God's work this out. He knew that this was going to happen. And God has a way of making a way. And I'm going to just praise him. You know, sometimes we, oh, God, I need this. God, get you there. Boom, you're there. And, and all of a sudden, this happened and that happened. And you sit up, you're looking at God, you're looking at this and at that. And you have given all of this and that your attention that you become paralyzed. And God said, quit looking at this and that, because that has purpose, too. Keep looking at me. When you look at me, you'll see me. I'm the living word. And you'll know that I'm going to work this out for your good. Therefore, don't talk about what I'm doing or who I'm doing or what I'm using and what I'm doing with them. And listen, if they are bothering you, there's a reason for them to bother you. What? Do we believe God for? I heard everything. So if something is happening, is that a everything too? So why can't we praise God even when something is happening? The reason why. It's because we have a problem bleeding. And I told you that the system that Satan is using, people, airways, stuff, it's, it's all a method of distraction. He wants to get you from focusing on God. But he sent some people in your life that even when you do lose focus, they'll carry you back in to get a word. You ever like get discouraged by something, but God will send at least one person to encourage you in the right way. He sent four to this paralytic because sometimes we might need four folks because we so paralyzed in our pain. I, I know this is ministering to you. God came for great purpose, and you have to know and understand. Who are you going to believe? God, circumstances, situations, media, or God? Who are you going to believe? The doctors or God? 
What are you going to do? Well, well, last time I prayed and God didn't do it. Okay. That didn't change who he is. Could he do it is the question. He is able to do anything. As a matter of fact, exceedingly and abundantly. But what happens is something is trying to distract you. They're called spirit. Mark eleven twenty four. Two verses and we're going home. First one up. Want to read this? So faith is your belief system. Shout, I believe. believe. Now, the question is, what do you believe? I believe every word of God. I believe that God will not put more on me than I can bear. I believe I am forgiven. I believe that the power of God is in me. I rebuke every lie and every distorted vision that I have had so that I can operate in the full power of God. And I believe that he is a healer. I believe I'm healed. If you don't believe that you're healed, that means Jesus took all those whippings on that whipping post for nothing. He said, now the issue becomes, instead of believing, and here's what happened. We don't believe because God doesn't do it in our timeline. You pray and you don't receive when you believe you ought to receive. The Bible says, If you believe it, you receive it. What happened was your timeline caused doubt in your belief system. So faith could not go into action. But when you believe that you've received, if anything is not going right in your life, according to how things are happening and you know that God has better for you, stop being bitter and operate in better. Because if you begin to operate in better, you change the atmosphere around you. Just by believing it, you will cause people to join your praise party. But as long as you're complaining about it, God will stand back and say, oh, well, you're not operating the way I called you to operate. I got to work on you for a little while. Anything that you buy that don't work, the manufacturer got to come back and fix it again. In the same way, God's got to fix us. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, if you ask for it, believe it. If you ask according to the will. And if God don't do it the way you thought he was supposed to do it. 
It wasn't that. He wasn't able. He has a plan that he's going to reveal to you later. But he's working out something for your good Amen. in the middle of the plan. Amen. So we said, what we believe him for? Everything. Mm -hmm. So even if it happens bad, can we just give him a praise anyway? Amen. How many of you are in a situation that you need help with God? Huh? How many of you need help with God? If you're not in a situation where you need God's help, there's something wrong up in here. Because as long as you're in the land of the living, God's going to keep you depending on him. He said, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe. That's faith. Believe that you receive them. And what? You will have them. Check this out. I, want, I believe that God is going to make everything in my house aligned under his perfect order. When it's still chaotic, can you praise him? Why are you praising him when it's still chaotic? Because it's not based on what you see. It's based on what you believe. Is this making any sense to anybody? If you believe God and it's all messed up, praise him for what you're believing him for and watch you receive what you already have, but you wouldn't give him the praise to align up with the faith that you have because he's looking at your faith. Your faith moves God. I don't feel good. I just go. How about this? You know what? This ain't right. But I'm going to praise God and I'm going to let everybody see. I know God's going to work in my favor because I know he loves him to me. And I'm just going to praise God if I look like I'm broke from a joke. <laughs> I'm going to praise him and I believe that God has already worked it out. Last, last verse. Last verse. <laughs> last verse. John 10 and 10. John 10 and 10. Just going to bring it home. So, so, you know, John 10 and 10. Y'all heard, heard this script verse before? John 10 and 10. Anybody heard the verse before? John 10 and 10. The perfect 10. John. John, the lover of God. He's the closest one to Jesus' heart. John. His gospel, right? 10 and 10. The perfect 10. 10. Okay, 10. Okay, check this out. 10 and 10. Okay, here we go. Perfect 10. <laughs> here we go. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, my. Wait, 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 wait. So the steep doesn't come, but for certain purposes. And what's the first one? Steal. So what's he trying to steal? Oh. Oh, Satan. Oh, man, this Satan, Satan trying to get my car. Oh, shoot, I'm losing my house. Satan didn't made me lose my house. Satan don't care. Satan to give you a house. Stop blaming Satan for stuff. He don't operate that way. Satan try to give you a house. Don't remember he took Jesus talking about, yeah, I give you everything if you worship me. He's not interested in taking stuff from you. The thief does not come but to 
Uh-huh. So he wants to steal the value that operates the kingdom. Simon. Simon, Jesus. Simon, Simon. Satan. He wants to sift you as wheat. He's coming for you. Peter, 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 don't try. I got this. Peter, I got this. Go ahead and say, Jesus, you got it. Jesus, you got it. No matter what Satan is up to, Jesus says, I got this. I have prayed for you, Peter, that Satan won't get your house. And he won't get your car. That ain't what he said. Satan after my wife. He let me, listen. <laughs> Satan won't my husband. Satan. I hear some of the wildest stuff. He said, he said, listen, check this out. When you start talking like that, that's because you believe it. See, you didn't know. Your belief system will cause your mouth to speak what you believe. Belief dictates behavior. You start speaking it, then you give it access. So Satan says, I'm going to try and distract them so I can get their faith. Jesus says to Peter, I pray he's after you to sift you a sweet, get you all up in the wind. He says, but I prayed that your faith will not fail. Because as long as you believe that I'm in control of your life, everything is going to be good. Let me check this, check this out real quick. Peter and the disciples were in the boat. Storm came. Jesus said, he says, Peter said, is that you? All the other disciples stay in the boat. If it's you, Jesus bid me to come. Jesus said, come. Because Peter asked to come. He went out of the water. And Satan said, I'm going to mess with Peter's faith. As long as Peter was focused on Jesus, he was walking on the thing that the world said would drown them. As long as you're focused on Jesus, the things that want to take you out will take you up. Uh, <laughs> the Bible says the wind start blowing and Peter, what gets me is, get this, get this, this is how we look in the spirit. Peter, was focused on Jesus and the wind started blowing. The Bible says he looked at the wind. You can't even see the wind. Don't laugh because you look at trouble that hasn't even troubled you yet. Sister Mike, can you just read this so we can go home? <laughs> Is this good? 
Let's go. Sister Mai. And to what? He said he's coming to steal your faith. If he can get your faith, he's coming to kill. Huh? He's going to try to kill you spiritually. Listen, he, he, he tries to steal from you so he can kill you. If he could get you to believe something contrary than the word, then he can kill your spirit. In other words, you'll be so focused on flesh that you can't see your faith. Then he's going to come try to destroy. But! Let's go. Jesus speaks. He says, what? Jesus says, what? Wait a minute. How many of you believe that he has already came? How many of you believe he's coming back again? How many of you believe he's sitting at the right hand of God with all power in his hand? How many of you believe that he is the heir and made you a joint heir with him? How many of you believe that now you sit in holy places? How many of you believe that now you are the all power and power is in you? How many of you believe? Oh, God. I have come. Stay focused on me because if you can believe me, you can have what I've come for. My, what did he come for? To give us what? Wait, wait, that's not it? What else? Oh, well, he says, lack is not who I am. It's not my purpose. I didn't come for my people to be in lack. I came that they would have this life and that it would be reproduced in great abundance. Wait, wait, wait. He said, I'm going to make you a life producer. So, 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 so the ones who get hit and some of their stuff gets stolen. He says, I'm sending you. Because I, listen, my strength is in you. Uh, Stay focused on me. Because greater as I have put myself in you. So you don't trip on what's happening in the world. Say you will not paralyze nobody else, not this way. 
and believe that they have power now to help the ones who had a mat similar to yours. God says, I didn't trouble you so you could focus on your trouble. I troubled you so you can focus on your bridge over the trouble, which is my son Jesus. Believe that. That faith is productive. Give God.